Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10. That's V-I-A-T-O-R-10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Hey, Cricket customers, Max with ads is included with your Cricket $60 unlimited plan at no additional cost. Nice! Max is the streaming platform where you can watch Scoob, Meg 2 The Trench, The Nightmare on Elm Street Collection, and so much more. Remember me. Just log in with your Cricket username and password to experience Max on all your favorite devices. We've never seen this before. Max, the one to watch for a good scream with Cricket. Yeah! Phone plan streams and standard definition. Programming subject to change. Fees, terms, and restrictions apply. See cricketwireless.com for details. You're about to receive a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church, one church in global locations. To find out more about Bishop Foreman and Harvest Church, visit our website at www.harvestchurch.church. And remember to love God, love people, and love life. Taking sides, we're taking over. Yeah. Love God, love people, love life. We're not taking sides, we're taking over. Huh. Here is Kings, and I'm gonna finish Kings on, on in Dallas. So I'm gonna finish it on Saturday night. All right. Touch everybody say he's gonna finish Kings on Saturday night. All right, so, so I'm not going to finish it tonight. I'm going to finish it on Saturday night. Lift your Bible and let's make our confession of faith together. Because I am unconditionally loved by God and that harvest, I come to God as I am. But through today's life-giving message, I won't stay as I am. This is my banner year, which is my best year yet. In Jesus' name, remain standing. You should know the theme scriptures. You should be able to call it out to me. Where are we going? Revelation where? 510. All right, here you should already know that. We're in our series, King. Say, I'm a king. And a priest. Come on, talk to me, church. Say, I'm a king and a priest. Say, I'm the head, not the tail. Above, not beneath. Now, watch this. Revelation 5.10. And have made us kings and priests. Now, 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 just look at your neighbor. Say, I can pray and slay. Say, I'm successful and spiritual. Uh, I need you to hear me. If you grew up in church, you were taught that you're just supposed to suffer through life and die. And that is not what the scripture teaches. If you grew up, you were taught you're supposed to have empty pockets and a nice smile. You were taught that you're just supposed to suffer through life, but that is not what the scripture says. The book says, and he has made us to be kings and priests to our God, and we shall reign where? On the earth. Which means I'm not trying to live to die. I'm living to live well to bring heaven down here. And we shall reign where? On the earth. Now, when does it imply we're supposed to do that now? Which means, watch this. To everybody where stuff is raining over you, hear me, you are out of order. But tonight, that gets reversed. 
to everybody where your circumstances and your issues and your vicissitudes and your drama and your relationship issues and your money issues and your family issues and your generational curses to everybody that that's been your portion I'm here to tell you you've been out of order but tonight you coming up out of that say revelation uh, the word revelation comes from the Greek word apocalypto, which means to uncover, which means it's been there the whole time, but it needed to be uncovered. It needed to be revealed. Lay your hands on yourself. Say your name. Say you are a king and a priest. You're sent to the earth to expand God's kingdom. You were born for the time you'd be needed most in Jesus' name. Father, customize, tailor, make this word for us, your people, that we will move and walk in what you ordained. I am not speaking to mistakes. I'm speaking to folk that made some, but you have made us to be kings and priests. I decree and declare I'm speaking to the curse breakers in their bloodline. I'm speaking to the interruption in the dysfunction in their bloodline. And I declare that the king on the inside of them is rising up. You did not send them to the earth just to pay bills and die. You did not send them to the earth just to be average and die. But you sent them to rule and to reign and to conquer and to support do so I declare it stirred up on the inside of them that the king is rising on the inside of them the priest is rising on the inside of them and they're going to use their lives to expand your kingdom in Jesus name somebody shout hallelujah now watch this title because I'm going to take you down a different road watch this title say prophetic evangelism now, now, now you're like bitch where are you going with that I thought you were talking about kings I am uh, say prophetic evangelism you can be seated. Uh, in this series, Kings, as you know, we're talking money, power, and respect God's way because we all desire those things. I've never seen anybody that didn't want more money. I've never met anybody that didn't want more power. I've never met anybody that didn't want more respect. Touch the neighbor and say, you want all three of them. But we're talking about doing it God's way because we all desire those things. But you'll notice I'm not specifically taught on money, power, nor respect because when you're a king, all three of those things chase you for God's glory. That's why Deuteronomy 28, 2 says, all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. I'm going to tell you the days in your life where you're chasing money, power, and respect, those days have come to an end. You are now in a season of your life where those things chase you. And not just the season, but from this day forward somebody say from this day forward the book says in Deuteronomy these things are going to pursue you and they're going to overtake you which means every time you turn around every time you put your feet on the ground every time you open your eyes and say this is the day that the Lord has made something is coming to pursue you it is coming to overtake you and it is for your good touch your neighbor and say that's the type of life we live now, I teach in series, as you know, so you should get auto message or at least get the CDs so you can get the prior messages so we can be on the same page. So far in this series, we've learned that we are kings. Of course, ladies, that's not sexist. It also means queen. And every king has dominion. And Revelation 5.10 makes it clear that we are to rule, to reign. You know the last two words and subdue in life not just in death and I taught you that we increase our dominion that's where we get the concept of the word kingdom it is a king's domain it is the scope of authority that they have you increase your dominion two ways first by managing the dominion you already have well in every area of your life both big and small question if we were to look at how you manage what you already have dominion over would you qualify for greater dominion it's quiet right through there. How do you manage your existing finances? How do you manage your existing car? How do you manage your existing home? How do you manage your existing job? Are you just cussing out the job you have or are you maximizing it? 
are you just mad at what's going on in your life or are you maximizing? Because kings say, whatever I currently have dominion of, if I steward over it well, if I manage it well, I'll be trusted with more. This is why the Bible says, listen, if you can be trusted with little, you can be trusted with much. What fool would give you a lot to handle if you couldn't handle a little bit well? Now, this is important to understand because sometimes you're praying for something you haven't yet qualified for, not because you got issues, but simply because you've not managed your dominion well. But I think you sit next to somebody that says, you know what? I made some mistakes in managing my dominion yesterday. I made some mistakes in managing my dominion last year. But from this moment forward, that ain't going to be my story. I don't care what I got. Watch me manage it well. If I got a hoopty, watch me take care of my hoopty. If I ain't got nothing but a one-bedroom shotgun house, watch me manage it well. If I ain't got nothing but ten dollars in the bank watch me manage it well because if I can be trusted with what I have now he will expand my dominion sometimes the answer to your prayer for more is better stewardship I'm going to say it again. Sometimes the answer to your prayer for wanting more is better stewardship. It's better management of the dominion you have. So you can expand your dominion by doing that. But then secondly, I taught you, you can expand your dominion by conquering enemies. Say conquering enemies. Now, an enemy is anything by definition that opposes your forward progress. Uh, that's a noun, person, place, thing, or idea that opposes your forward progress. Anybody over the last few months of your life, you done dealt with some enemies. That ought to be everybody. If you ain't dealt with no enemies, you must not be going nowhere. Matter of fact, if you haven't been betrayed yet in the first three months, that must mean you ain't going nowhere. If you ain't been uh, let down by some people in the first three months of this year, that must mean you're not that gifted. That must mean you're not that. But I think your neighbor can say, Bishop, if you only knew some of the stuff I had to deal with in the first three months of it, where the real folk had in church. If you knew some of the stuff, Bishop, I wanted to snap, crackle, and pop. I didn't want to pray for him. I wanted to lay hands on him. And I didn't, okay, y'all, y'all ain't going to talk to me. But, but now watch this, watch this. You've got to conquer enemies to expand your dominion, which is bringing us to what I want to deal with tonight, this topic of prophetic evangelism. Say prophetic, prophetic. evangelism. Now, in your individual life, watch this, to expand your dominion, you've got to conquer enemies. This is the reason why you shouldn't pray prayers to get you out of trouble. You should pray prayers to get you through trouble. Because if you always are getting snatched out of trouble, you will never conquer the enemy, which means you don't qualify for the dominion. You missed what I just said. David doesn't get the throne except he takes Goliath down. You hear, you're not hear what I'm saying? You don't get what it is you're praying for until you conquer the enemy that's standing in front of it. I'm talking to some people at this Wednesday night line where there's some enemies standing in front of what you prayed for. And here's the trip about it. I can see what I prayed for, but there's an enemy standing in front of what I prayed for. But you got to learn how to take that enemy down. Stop being like regular old Christians that just want to go through life messed up, jacked up, managing misery. That ain't who you are. You are a king and a priest, which means Goliath, if you come for me, I'm coming for you. You get in my way, I'm going to take you out. Which means, watch this, if your marriage keeps going through the same issues, it's an indication you've never conquered the enemy. If your children keep going through the same issues, it means you've not conquered the enemy. Y'all not hearing what I'm saying. If your finances keep going through the same issues, that means you've not conquered the enemy. So you have to conquer the enemy so you can expand your dominion. That's in your life. But watch this now. Let's look at this from a greater perspective. Say a greater perspective. If he is king of kings, lord of lords, and we are kings, here's the question. How does his dominion expand? How does his kingdom expand? Now, now watch this. 
if we're subject to the king of kings, how do we expand God's kingdom? Now, I've, I've taught you about this a lot before. I want to take it from another perspective tonight. Say kingdom. kingdom. Now, when we talk about the kingdom from a, a global perspective or from a larger perspective, it simply means God's MO, God's modus operandi, how God what he does what he does. It also means then heaven's attributes on earth. It is when heaven now invades and causes its system to overtake the system of the world. Okay? Sickness is the system of the world. Healing is the system of the kingdom. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Lack is the system of the world. Abundance is the system of the kingdom. Struggle is the system of the world. But success is the system of the kingdom. Y'all not, you, you not get it. Now, now say kingdom. So then, uh, watch this. How does God's kingdom expand? All right. Now, there, there are seven kingdoms of this world that the scripture teaches us we're supposed to take and make his. And I've taught you on those before. That's arts and entertainment, business, family, education, media, and spirituality, or the church. Now, we're supposed to have dominion and rulership in each one of those areas. And watch this. You're already in one. Say, I'm already in one. So you're not sent there just to conform to the system. You are sent there to reform the system. Did you get that? So that's why you get these jobs sometimes. You're like, God, it's just so much mess here. What do you think he sent you for? That's why you go to a school and you be like, God, they got so many problems. What do you think he sent you for? He doesn't send light to light. He sends light to darkness so that light can get the darkness to get together. Now, here's what I need you to see, though. Now, uh, in this, in this, how does his kingdom actually expand? Well, to identify how it expands, we have to identify first where it is. Where is it? Touch your neighbor and say, where is it? Now, 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 if I was to ask that in not a rhetorical fashion, I bet you would get a variety of answers. I've taught you this before. Luke 17, 21 says this. It says, the kingdom of heaven isn't in observation. Say the kingdom. Say it's not in observation. He says, they won't say see here or see there. They're going to say what? The kingdom of God is what? Within you. So where does his kingdom emanate from? Inside us. And I've taught you this before. Literally, that means God has placed heaven on the inside of us. Ecclesiastes says that God has placed heaven on the inside of us, which means we manifest the kingdom not from the outside in, but from the inside out. Which means you got to know who you are so then you can change what's going on around you. Because if you don't know who you are, watch this. What's around you will change you. This is why, watch this, in your life you tried to fit in with folks that you got around that you knew, man, I'm better than this. I'm, I'm not supposed to be hanging out with folk like this. I'm not supposed to be around people like this. But because you didn't know who you are and you didn't know who you were, you got around people that they were able to influence you because you didn't have enough influence and knowledge of identity inside of you to influence them. But tonight, so the kingdom is where? In us. So. To expand his kingdom, that means we've got to expand you. Did you get that? But then watch this. It's not just in you. Who else is it in? Other people. So then to expand his kingdom, watch this. It is changing the lives of more and more people. That's why, watch this, you have so many issues with people so that you get sick of people so you don't want to help people. I wish I had some honest folk in here. Is there anybody where you can be honest? Bishop, I didn't have some folk do some stuff to me that made me just want to tell people go straight to. Is what Wednesday is this? Is this a fifth Wednesday? Uh. Watch this. 
Watch this. I've taught you this before. Faith works by love. Now, which means whenever you get a person problem, an issue with people, it stops your faith from working. So whenever you start having issues with people, it's an indication you need to use your faith. And the only way the enemy can take out the fuel from your faith is that he's now got to take your love away because your love is the fuel for faith. I've taught you that before. Now, check this out. Check this out. Which is why you got to start letting stuff go. Which is why you can't be bitter. Which is why you can't sit up and hold grudges with people. Hold grudges for what? They didn't, they, listen, they ain't even think about you no more. And you sitting up Facebook, stalking them, looking at what they're doing, checking their Instagram. They ain't even studying you. Watch this, because watch this. You ain't the first person they did that to. And you won't be the last person they do that to. But you ain't got to worry about getting even. Let me encourage somebody. Because the book says, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. Which means God says, don't you even worry about them. I got them. You just keep on loving God, loving people, and loving life. So check it out, check it out, check it out, check it out, check it out. So how do we expand his kingdom? It's changing the lives of more and more people. Say changing the lives of more and more people. Come on, talk to me, church. Say, changing the lives of more and more people. Now, 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 watch this. If you don't like people, that's going to be hard. If you're bitter with people, that's going to be hard. If you're mad at people, that's going to be hard. Now, you know folks that's got issues with people because they always jump to conclusions. I say, touch your neighbor. They're like, Now, so, so I, 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 I want to give you, I just want to give you, I want to give you two points tonight. Say two points. Now, in these two points, there's going to be a lot of power in them. So I'm going to slow down right through here. We're going to, in about five minutes, I'm going to go to third gear. And then in about seven minutes, we're going to go to fifth gear. Okay. All right. Because I want to make sure you get it. Say the church expands the kingdom. Now, Psalm 92, 13 teaches us that when uh, we are planted in the house of the Lord, that we flourish. Let me say it another way. When you make harvest flourish, he makes you flourish. Janet Jackson said it like this. What have you done for me lately? God's question to you, what have you done for him lately? Ooh, yeah. Now, when you're not planted, hear me, you can't prosper nor expand the kingdom. And, and harvest being planted means taking your next step, which is called harvest you. And if you haven't, I need to encourage you, it's time for you to get in where you fit in. Why? Because you can't do what kings do if you're not planted. You can't expand his kingdom. That's what kings do. You know what kings sit up doing all day? They figure out how can they expand the kingdom. This is why, watch this, for many of you, you have had, sometimes in your life, you've had an entrepreneurial mind. You've had an industrious mind. You were always trying to figure out how to get stuff done, how to handle stuff, and they called you a hustler. What they didn't know is that you were a king. Y'all not saying nothing to me. They said you were always trying to do something, shake something, do something, move something, get something happening. What they did not understand is you were a king. You were trying to advance something. But the book says you cannot do that if you are not planted. Now, so I encourage you, get planted. Say, I need to get planted. And harvest, use your first step at harvest. It's not just coming. It's not just saying, that's my bishop. You know, I'd be running the folk and all that, be like, my bishop. I'm like, I ain't, hey. Hey. Now, now, I don't mean that in a negative way. What I'm saying is you got to get planted. Say, I must be planted. Now, watch this. The word church is the word ecclesia. I've taught you this before, which means called out people. But watch this. We're not a monument. We're a movement. I said, we're not a monument. We're a movement. Uh, I said, we're not a monument. We're a movement. 
because the church is people. It's called out people, which means wherever we are, the church is. If we had six flags, the church is there. If you don't, if you downtown, the church is there. If you're at the capital, the church, wherever you are, the church is. Now, this is why 1 Peter 2.9 says, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So God uses changed people to change people and people that are evolving to evolve others. And God, hear me, constantly calls every area of your life out of darkness. That's what it was into light and that's what it should be. And you can't quit on God nor can you quit on church because the calling out process is dirty. Somebody say, it's dirty, it's messy. And I hear what somebody saying, but Bishop, but, but it, mine is real dirty and real messy. If you knew your neighbor's story, God is not looking for us to be a museum and a monument full of perfect people without issues. This is a place where I can come and I can get my life together. I can come and I can lay my issues and my burdens down. It's not just a hospital, but it is a hospital that gets me better. And then it's a training ground where I learn to train to reign. Say, uh, touch your neighbor and say, if you knew my story, you, you, you didn't think yours is so bad. You think you're the only one speaking known tongue? You think you're the only one that wanted to be on an episode of Snapped? You think you're the only one that had folk drop them? You think you're the only one been cheated on? You think you're the only one? Touch the neighbor and say, you are not by yourself. Now, watch this, watch this. The calling out process, it's dirty and it's messy. And sometimes in that process, you can wonder, is it worth it? Somebody say, but it is worth it. Because watch this, because you're what's being worked on, it's difficult to see your own progress sometimes. You're not hearing what I'm saying. Uh, have you ever, have you ever, your body, maybe you lost weight, maybe you gained weight, maybe you got darker, maybe you got lighter, whatever it is, and, and you didn't notice it and somebody came up to you and said, oh, such and such, and you're like, oh, and then you went and checked and you're like, I guess that's true. You didn't notice it because you were the thing that changed. I'm here to tell somebody, you ain't even noticed that you've been changing. You haven't even noticed that you're wiser. You haven't even noticed that you're smarter. You haven't even noticed how much better you are. You ain't even noticed that you're in control of your emotions now in a way you've never been in before. You're changing and don't even know it. I hear somebody saying, no, but Bishop, God can't use me because of my past. You're wrong. Your past is exactly why he wants to use you. What you've been through is exactly why he wants to use you. Well, Bishop, I've been locked up. That's exactly why he wants to use you. Bishop, I, Bishop, I've been down and out financially. That's exactly why he wants to use you. Bishop, I used to be a this, that, and the other. That's exactly why he used to use you. Bishop, I used to work for Santa. Ho, ho, ho. That's exactly why he wants to use you. Y'all not saying nothing to me tonight. Touch your neighbor and say, whatever your past is. Y'all not talking. Say, whatever your past is. That's exactly why he wants to use you. And that's why I feel like preaching. That's why the Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Because when people try to throw your past up in your face, you just say, so. I may have done everything you said that I did, but I am not who you said I am. I am evolving. And if that's you, you need to holler in the house. Your past, your past is exactly, be seated. We're just in third gear. I'm going to fifth of the minute. Your past is exactly why he wants to use you. Your issues are exactly why he wants to use you. You miss what I'm saying. See, see the issue, the issue, especially, 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 especially if you grew up in church, sometimes you were taught, this is wrong with you, this wrong with you, this wrong with you, 
You're going to hell for this. You're going to hell for that. You're going to hell for that. You're already in hell for that. Going to be more hell for that. You're going to get some extra hell for that. It's, it's going to be super hellacious for that. So then here's what you think. Here's what you think. Especially if you were the type, watch this, where, 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 where you were held back from church as a punishment. So then you develop the mentality that to go to God, I got to be perfect. So when I got issues, I can't go to him because I was taught that he, I, he was taken from me when I did wrong. So watch this, watch this. If that's the paradigm and the pathology from which you operate, then you will think, well, as soon as I get this stuff together, then I'm going to get involved. Then I'm going to come to church faithfully. As soon as I stop thinking these thoughts, then I'll be ready. As so okay, y'all ain't talking. As soon as I stop looking at this and that and doing this, I wish there was honest people on Wednesday night. Then he'll be ready to use me. Not understanding, he's sitting there the whole time saying, I've been ready. I've been ready. Tell your neighbor, say, he's been ready. I've been ready to use you. I've been ready to use your gifts and your talents and your skills and your abilities. Who told you you needed to be perfect in the first place? He doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies those that he calls. And touch your neighbor, say, you are called. Say, you are chosen for such a time as this. Say, the time you'd be needed most. The world needs you. God's church needs you and God's kingdom needs you. Somebody holler, I am needed now. That ain't how a king says it. Say, I am needed now. So that brings me to the second point. I told you just two points. We're at the second one. Here it is. We're about to go to fifth gear. Prophetic evangelism expands the kingdom quickly. Now, now, Bishop, how did you get to prophetic evangelism? What does that mean? That is a real fancy term I'm going to make real simple. Say prophetic evangelism. Now, prophetic simply means by definition to foretell. That's to make known. And to foretell. That's to declare an outcome. To foretell. That's to make known. To foretell. That's to declare an outcome. God's will and God's mind for a particular situation. So it's to foretell and foretell God's will and God's mind for a particular situation. Now, uh, I, I, I left you with this last Wednesday night, so I'm going to pick it up from here so that you understand that. Because we're going to take another approach to this, uh, and God's going to give us a special grace as we're advancing. And I declare our church is going to see more lives change between now and the end of this year than the whole rest of the 10 years. I wish I had some warriors in here. From the now to the end of this year, our church is going to see more lives change than we've seen the entirety of the rest of the 10 years. Now, now, uh, say fourth tale, foretell. God's will and God's mind for a particular situation. Now, 1 Corinthians 12, 17 says this, but the manifestation of the spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. Now, that word manifestation in the Greek language of our New Testament, it, it's phanerosis, which means flash. Say flash like... It means to make visible what's been hidden, okay? To make visible what's been hidden. So 1 Corinthians 12, 7, but the flashes of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. Verse 10, to another the working of miracles to another prophecy. Now skip some verses to get to where we're going. Now say prophecy, which means God says, watch this, anyone can prophesy, not everyone is gifted as a prophet. But, but tonight we're going to pray and everybody's going to get this flashlight activated. I said, everybody's going to get this flashlight activated. Because when we're, watch this, for those of you that are traveling uh, this weekend as we're uh, preparing this new location and all that, uh, you, we're not going to just go down there with just regular grace. 
we're going to go down there with a prophetic grace so that when you meet people at the store, you're going to grab their hand and all of a sudden you're going to read their mail. You're going to tell them they like. For those here in Denver, you're going to go meet folk and when you look at them, you're going to be able to foretell and foretell. Why, Bishop? Because it's a flashlight. It's a manifestation of the spirit here. So, so again, this appears, just for the clar- for sake of clarity, this gift of those that are gifted as a prophet, that's a five-fold ministry gift. That's Ephesians chapter 4. I'm not dealing with that tonight. That ain't what we talk about. We are talking about the uh, manifestational gift that appears here in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, which means it's a flashlight, which means God says, I will flash it, watch this, when there's a demand for it. Okay, I need to give him a chance. When there's the demand for it, I'll flash it. And I'll do it for the profit and for the benefit of all. Are you getting this, church? Are you getting this, church? I want to say this again. Anyone can prophesy that everyone's given to the prophet. But tonight we're going to pray that this flashlight gets activated for you. Because we're not just going to do regular evangelism. We're going to do prophetic evangelism. Be a good class. And when we do that, what are we doing? Advancing the kingdom. Why? Because we're going to change more lives. Because where's the kingdom? In us. So watch this. Once once it's in us, we got to get it on somebody else. Which means what we're getting ready to activate in this place tonight is going to be like catching a cold. Uh, A chew, it's going to get on you. And a a chew, it's going to get on them. And a chew, it's going to get on your mama and them. And a chew, it's going to get on your cousin. Say rapid expansion. Holla at me, church. Say rapid expansion. So, so, prophetic. Foretell and foretell. And make God's will and God's mind known for a particular situation. Flashlight. Evangelism, that word just means the spreading of the Christian gospel by public preaching or personal witness. That's just spreading the gospel through your personal witness. You got that? Okay, so, so we're not dealing just specifically with you tonight. We're dealing with the advancement of God's kingdom. You as a king in the kingdom, advancing his kingdom. Everybody got that? Okay, so you don't see yourself. I'm just some sinner saved by grace. No, you're not. You're a king. I'm just some lowly messed up peasant. No, you're not. You're a king. I'm just some reject that nobody wants. No, you're not. You're a king. I just got this issue that no, you don't. You're a king. Touch your neighbor and say, do you have a clue who you sit next to? Say, I am a king. And say, I'm unstoppable, unbreakable, unbeatable. <laughs> now, now, I declared this last Wednesday and we looked at King Saul as we examined the relationship in the message. We examined the relationship between a king and the man of God. And so I want, I want to just pick this up very quickly. I, I, am, uh, I just got just a little bit. I want you to go to First, uh, First Samuel chapter 9. 1 Samuel chapter 9, and I want to look at this, a few verses we're going to look at, and then we're going to activate it, we're going to turn on the flashlight, and then you're going to go shine the light. This little light of mine, and, and hold on, there ain't no little light. There ain't no little light. This is, this is the heavy duty industrial, that one they got on TV where they put it at the bottom of the water. Say, say, say this flashlight here is about to change everybody it comes in contact with. I wish I had some people here. Get your mind off just paying your bills. Get your mind off just dealing with your family issues. You're about to be a light that's about to change some people's lives. If you believe it, holla, yeah. First Corinthians, or First Samuel, excuse me, chapter 9. And uh, I want you to look at verse number 3. Now, I'll give you, I'll give you a little, uh, actually, we're not going to have time to do that. So just go to verse, uh, go to verse number 6. 
And before, you, before they put verse 6 up, let me give you context. Saul now, his daddy's name is Kish. Kish has lost his donkeys. In the Hebrew culture, donkeys were like luxury automobiles. So he's lost some big money. Somebody say big money. Big money. Say more money, more money, more money. Right, three times. Very good. He lost, he lost some big money. He sends his son Saul to go find his donkeys, and Saul takes one of his servants. They can't find the donkeys as they're looking for them, and so now I want you to get down to verse number six. All right? And he said to him, look now, there is in this city a man of God, and he's an honorable man, and all that he says surely comes to pass. So let us go there. Perhaps he can show us the way that we should go. Now, Saul said, sorry, Saul's servant said, listen, let us get to the man of God. We dealt with this last week, the importance of the relationship between the man of God, and we looked at the chess pieces, the bishop and the king. We looked at the importance of that relationship. He says, let us go to the man of God, and he's going to tell us our way. Got it? Now, look at, verse, look at the next verse, verse number 7. Then Saul said to his servant, but look, if we go, what shall we bring the man? For the bread in our vessels is gone, and there's no present to bring the man of God. What do we have? And the, the servant answered Saul and again said, look, I have one-fourth of a shekel of silver. I will give that to the man of God to go our way. And so this is the reason why sometimes people don't understand the importance of giving to your man of God. And you see it all throughout Scripture. It's because you were sowing into unlocked. You weren't buying a blessing. You weren't buying a miracle. You don't have enough for it. It is a spiritual principle that you use to unlock something. Why? Because the scripture teaches that wherever your treasure is, that's where your mind is. Heart in Hebrew and Greek language of our New Testament, it means mind. And so whatever you do with your money reveals what's on your mind. If you want to know what's important to somebody, check the books. All right? Did you hear what I'm saying? Okay. For some folk, Krispy Kreme is extremely important. Okay, it got quiet right there. For some folk, uh, uh, Jimmy John's is extremely important. Freaky fast. Now, watch this. Well, that's their little slogan. That's their saying. All right. Now, watch this. Watch this. Verse 8. And uh, the servant answered Saul again and said, look, uh, I have one-fourth of a shekel of silver. And I'll give that to the man of God. And he'll tell us her way. Verse 9. Formerly in Israel, when a man of God went to inquire of God, he spoke thus, come, let us go to the seer. For he was now called a prophet, was formerly called a seer. And Saul, to his servant, servant, Saul said to his servant, let us go. So they went to the city where the man of God was. But, but say they journeyed to him. Journeyed. Now, I'm not teaching about the importance of that relationship, but you'll notice they had to make movement toward him. So you being drawn here is your answer. Sometimes folks sit up in church like, I'm just not sure where I'm supposed to be. Your draw here is the answer. That's your confirmation, your draw. Verse 11, and they went up to the hill to the city. Uh, they met some young women going out to draw water and said, is the seer here? And they answered and said, yes, he is just ahead of you. Hurry now, for today he came to this city because there's a sacrifice of the people today on a high place. Now skip down to verse, uh, verse number 18. Uh, then Saul drew near to Samuel in the gate and said, please tell us, where is the seer's house? Samuel answered Saul and said, I am the seer. Go before me to the high place, for you shall eat with me today, and tomorrow I'm going to let you go and will tell you all that is in your heart. He said, listen, there's some stuff on your mind you don't even, uh, you're not even able to understand. And I'm not teaching this tonight, but let me just parenthetically insert this tonight. That's why when you come to church, you have all these questions before you get here, and then when you walk in this atmosphere, all of a sudden you're like, I was thinking about that, I was thinking about that, I was thinking about that. Because when you're assigned to a man of God, you ain't even got to have a conversation. Your contemplation will give you answers. Watch this. Verse 20. But as for your donkeys that were lost three days ago, look at what he does. Look at what he does. He's like, oh, you ain't told me nothing about donkeys. But, but watch this. But, but watch this. He's foretelling and foretelling. He says, but as for your donkeys that were lost three days ago, 
Do not be anxious about them. They've been found. And on whom is all the desire of Israel? Is it not on you and all your father's house? Verse 21. And Samuel answered and said, I, Am I not a Benjamin? I taught you last week that means it, it means ravenous wolves. What he's saying is he's saying, I'm used to people that are just dogs. He says, so why are you even talking to me? He says, of the smallest of the tribes of Israel, my family is the least of all the families in the tribe of Benjamin. Why then do you speak like this to me? He said, I don't think I'm even good enough. Can I help somebody? I don't even think I've got what it takes. I, I, I don't even think I'm qualified. I don't think I'm skilled enough. I think I got too many issues. I think I got too many problems. Why are you talking to me like this? Why are you telling me I'm a king and a priest and I'm sitting here trying to figure out I just started believing there was even a Jesus a few weeks ago. Why are you talking to me like this? But touch the neighbor and say, but you are a king. And Saul answered and said to, verse 22 rather, let's skip down there. Now Samuel took Saul and his servant and brought him into the hall and had him sit in the place of honor amongst those who were invited. There were about 30 persons. And Samuel said to the cook, bring the portion which I've set out to you and set it apart. And skip down to verse number 27. As they were going down to the outskirts of the city, Samuel said to Saul, tell the servant to go on ahead of us. And he went on. But you stay here a while because I need to tell the word of the Lord to you. But 10 and 1, which means my says, whenever there's going to be impartation, first there is isolation. Say it again. Whenever God is about to impart, he first has to isolate. Now listen to me. That's why, watch this, lately you've been having moments where you feel like you're by yourself. Because God says, I'm isolating you so something can be imparted into you. You are not by yourself. You are just on the surgery table so I can impart something into you. Touch your neighbor and say, you are not by yourself. Say, say you're being isolated so there can be impartation. What does that mean, Bishop? It means there's something that needs to get in you that won't get in you because you're on the phone too much. There's something that needs to get in you that can't get in you because you Facebook too much. There's something in you that can't get in you because every time you get a down moment, you'll send out five texts to see who responds because you don't know how to be by yourself sometimes. God says to you, God says to you, God says to you that what I need you to do is understand how to be isolated. Touch your neighbor, say deal with isolation so you can have impartation. Say, I'm not by myself. Now, now, now watch this. Uh, uh, 1 Samuel 10, 1. Then Samuel took a flask of oil and poured it on his head and kissed him and said, Is it not because the Lord has anointed you commander over his inheritance? He anointed him after he isolated him. Anointing means grace. It means favor. Say, he anointed him after he isolated him. Let me tell you, let me tell you your neighbor's issue. Is that when they're in the delivery room, they want everybody in there. And everybody can't be in there when you're delivering something. Bishop, what am I giving delivery to? Your new self. And your problem is, is you want to have spectators. Well, watch this. Any ladies that have had babies, watch this. Too much of your business be showing for, to have all them people in there. Y'all don't know what I mean. You got your legs all heisted up in the air. Everybody don't need to see what's going on with your business. And what God is saying to you is you want too many people in the delivery room and they seeing too much of your business and you need to learn how to be by yourself right now so I can impart to you and so I can anoint you. Touch your neighbor and say, I'm receiving a grace. A grace to do what, Bishop? A grace to be a king. A grace to break generational curses. A grace to be debt-free. A grace to be the head of not to tell. A but, but, but look, but look, <laughs> look. Verse 2. When you have departed from me today, you will find two men 
by Rachel's tomb in the te- uh, tomb in the territory of Benjamin and Zelhah, and they will say to you, the donkeys which you went to look for have been found, and now your father has ceased caring about the donkeys. And he's worrying about you and you saying, what shall I do about my son? Then you shall go forward from there and come to the terminus tree of Tabor. There are three men going up uh, to God at Bethel will meet you. One carrying three young goats, another carrying three loaves of bread. Say he gave him instructions. Say he gave him instructions. Now, verse 5, after that, you shall come to the hill of God where the Philistine garrison is. And it will happen when you have come there to the city that you will meet a group of prophets coming down from the high place with string instruments, tambourine and flute and harp before them. And they will be what? Prophesying. And you, come on, be a good church. They're going to be doing what? Prophesying. Foretelling, foretelling. They're going to be doing what? Foretelling, foretelling. And it's going to be a what? Group up. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Y'all, y'all making me work too hard. It's going to be a what? Group of them. Saul said, I ain't even good enough to be here. And he says, I'm going to put you amongst some, a group of other folks that's getting ready to shake a region, that's getting ready to shake a community. That's, ah, God, God. Touch your neighbor and say, it's going to be a group of them. Say, and I'm part of that group. Verse 6, then the Spirit of the Lord will come upon you, and you will what? Prophesy with them and you will be what turned into another man so what did the man of God do for Saul he turned on the flashlight back it up back it up what did the man of God do for Saul he turned on the flashlight Saul said I may not even good enough to be here having these conversations why are you talking to me like this? And he said, follow these instructions, and you're going to find a group of people. And when you find that group of people, all of them are going to be foretelling and foretelling, foretelling and foretelling. And you're going to begin, watch this, to prophesy with them, and you're going to be turned into another man. Amen. This is where we ended last week. Y'all remember where we ended last Wednesday? Y'all remember where we ended last Wednesday? Okay, now, uh, verse 7. And let it be when these signs come to you that you do as the occasion demands. For God is with you. Say, God is with me. With Talk to me, church. Say, God is with me. With now, <clears throat> verse 8. You shall go down before me to Gilgal, and surely I will come down to you to offer burnt offerings and make sacrifices of peace offerings. Seven days you shall wait, and I will come down and show you what you're going to do. Say, more instructions. See, that's why you can't miss church, because you miss instructions. And so then you're like, why isn't it working? It's because you don't have the instructions. And then when you don't have the instructions, then it doesn't work. I'm the kind of guy, can I just be honest with you? I'm the kind of guy where I used to have this bad habit where I would just, you know, open something out the box and just be like, I know I put together. It can't be that hard. And then I'd, I'd spend an hour on something, be like, this looks good. And then I'd stand it up and be like, well, where they left these extra pieces here? They gave us all of these extras, all of these extra pieces that are in here. And, and what, what in the world is going on? To, 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 anybody else ever been like that? Yeah. And you just look, oh, it's, it's got to be simple. You know, if you ever bought stuff from this place uh, that uh, rhymes with uh, Zykea, um, <laughs> it, it, you know, it, it, you're trying to figure out, well, now why y'all couldn't just put a one next to it? Why do I have to fast and pray to figure out where this screw is supposed to go? I, God, dog, you got to get a second job just to get it done. It's a place that rhymes with that, okay? And so, and so watch this, watch this. So I, I would do, I used to do that. I used to do that. I got smart now, and thank God. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Now, here's the deal, here's the deal. I, I put all these pieces together, but, but I didn't do it with the instructions. So I, I used a lot of energy, but I didn't have anything to show. 
because I didn't follow the instructions. Those days of your life, I speak it into your life, are over. No more wasted energy because you didn't come to get the instructions. Touch your neighbor and say, no more wasted energy because I didn't get the instructions. Hey, I got to wrap this up. Watch this. Verse 9. So it was when he turned his back to go from Samuel that God gave him a what? Another heart. So Sam, uh, the man of God says to him, you're going to become another man. And you're going to get into foretell and foretell with a group of people. And he says, watch this. When Saul turned from him, that God gave him another heart. Heart, of course, means what in, in scripture? Mind. Which means God did what? Changed his mind what? In a moment. And this is where we ended last week. So let me take you another further. Then I got to wrap this up. Y'all still with me? Verse 10, when they came there to the hill, there was a group of prophets to meet him. And then the spirit of God came upon him and he what? Now, just so y'all know how to say that right, because I don't want y'all harvest folks. I don't want y'all out there talking and mispronouncing the word. But he, he prophes- he's mispronouncing the word. It's prophesied. Not pro- it's prophesied. I don't even know how to say it the wrong way. I just heard it said wrong so many times. Say prophesied. Say prophecy. Prophesied. Prophet. Not pathetic. You know, I just, because I hadn't heard folks say stuff, I'd be like, ooh, you should not have a mic. Okay, watch this. Verse 11. And it happened. Watch this. And it happened. Shout, it happened. When all who knew him formerly saw that he indeed prophesied among the prophets, that the people said, watch this, let me say it another way. And now it happened when everybody that knew him back then saw he was at harvest. And it happened. When everybody that knew them back then saw that they were traveling to premiere a new location. And it happened that everybody that knew him back then that remembered how they used to act, where they used to go, what they used to say. They knew him formally. They saw uh, that he indeed prophesied amongst the prophets. And the people said to one another, you read it. Say, I'm stepping into my what is this. I wish I had some real folk. I got to wrap this up so y'all got to get with me. Say, I'm stepping into my what is this. They said, what is this that has come upon upon, uh, 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 the son of Kish? Keep reading. They said, what is he doing with them? How did he get over there with them? But God said, somebody say, God said, it was time for change. It was time for the kingdom to expand. Now, 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 watch this, watch this, watch this. I, I don't have time. Uh, well, actually, I, I'll give you one verse just so you can see it. Go to verse, go down to verse, go down to verse number uh, 23. Verse number 23. Y'all all right? I got to wrap it up right here so you get it. Say Prophetic evangelism so watch the sequence who's the church we are where's the kingdom in us how do we expand it prophetic evangelism that's coming out of us onto other people so what what you got to then do is you then are the light to turn on somebody else's light then once their light is on they turn on somebody else's light Once their light is on, they turn on somebody else's light. So it started with one. 
But then before it's over, it's then spread like, and I don't even want to say something negative, it's spread like something wonderful. Do you get this? It is not my job to evangelize. It's my job to turn on your light so that we evangelize. It is not just my job to build the church. The book says it's my job to equip you to build the church. So I'm doing my job. Still with me? Now, here's what I need you to see. Now, Saul gets this prophetic evangelism thing turned on because he's now prophesying amongst the prophets. So he's prophesying. And what two things does that mean? He's foretelling and foretelling. So he's meeting people and he's just shaking their hand and he's saying, hey, listen, I know uh, and because the Lord just gives it to him, right? Say, say it's, it just flashes. And I ain't talking about weird and spooky stuff. So don't nobody out here go make no business cards talking about I'm a prophet. You're out of order. And don't be laying your hands on people's head and stuff. You might catch a transfer. You do know when you lay hands, there are three things that happen. Spiritual gifts are imparted, anointing is transferred, and sin is transferred. So you got to be careful. Even when we travel places, you got to be careful. You got to be careful. You got to be careful. You don't just let everybody and anybody lay their hands on you because that might be, you might catch something. That, that might be a transfer. Are you here, church? So he's now amongst these prophets, and they're doing this prophetic evangelism thing. So they're just going around, and they're meeting people, and they're meeting people, and they're expanding what Samuel's doing. You get it? So when they're prophesying to these people, they're not just doing it to say, look at how great I am. They're doing it to say, come meet Samuel. Come with me Sunday at 9.15 or 11.15 a.m. to meet my Samuel. Come with me on Saturday night to meet my Samuel. Come with me on Wednesday night to meet my Samuel. They weren't doing it for their own self-aggrandizement. They were getting them to the man of God. The man of God was connecting them to the God of the man. Are you getting this? So they weren't just walking around weirdos, you know, saying weird stuff. You ever met weird church folk? Okay, please don't look at me like you don't know what weird church folk are. It's some folk, you know, I just be like, y'all are just weird. I tell them, y'all are weird, and I'm not into that weirdo stuff. Y'all just take that over there. It's just weird. Anybody ever met? Okay, okay. If you've not met them, sometimes it's hard to see what you are. Okay, and so, I'm touch the neighbor say, not in here. Amen, no, amen, amen, amen. Now, they're going around and they're prophesying. And as they're doing this, they are giving foretelling and foretelling information. And for the purposes of that evangelism, and they're connecting people back to Samuel. Samuel's connecting them to God. Then Samuel turns on their light, and then now it keeps spreading. It's spreading. Somebody say it spreads. So they didn't need a building because they weren't a monument, they were a movement. So they'd send out, you know, if it was modern times, they'd just send out a text and saying, we meeting at, 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 you know, Town Square. Roll up. And I bet some, you know, some folk rolled up with Thunderbirds. They had Rottweilers and stuff, red solo cups. They were like, it's getting ready to be some church going on around here. Because wherever they were, and for those of you who, who, who traveled with me this last weekend, wherever we were, it didn't matter if it wasn't our building. We shifted. We shifted a region. 
because we are not a monument we are a movement and somebody holler I'm part of it so here's what happens they're doing this prophetic evangelism thing and here's what happens Saul is getting ready to be anointed king he's made us to be kings so this prophetic evangelism is directly tied to you being a king because this is what kings do got it now look at verse number uh, uh, verse 22 1 Samuel 10 22 I'm done therefore they inquired of the Lord further has the man come here yet and the Lord answered there he is hiding among the equipment so they ran and brought him from there and when he stood among the people he was taller than any other people from his shoulders upward and Samuel said to all the people do you see him whom the Lord has chosen that there is no one like him among all the people so all the people shouted and said, Do you see them? Sitting over there? In that chair? Whom the Lord has chosen? Somebody holler out and say, I am his choice. Uh -huh. I know people said you're not their choice, but you are God's choice. That's why you couldn't die. That's why you couldn't be aborted. That's why that car accident couldn't kill you. Somebody throw your hands up and say, I am his choice. And there's no one like him among all the people. So all the people shouted and said, long live the king. Who's the king? You. Who's the king? We are. Who's the king? us so they're doing this prophetic evangelism thing and i'm out of time if i had time i'd show you this in the book of acts in the book of acts when they encountered people they didn't just connect with them and all that when they encountered people they, they they'd read their mail when they encountered people they'd be like hey listen 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 gold and silver have i not but that ain't really what you need anyhow what you really need is you need to finally be empowered to drop your excuses because they were doing this prophetic evangelism thing so when we go out now from tonight you're not just going out inviting people. Watch this. People are going to be coming up to you saying, there's something different about you. And it ain't going to be because you got on your nice harvest raglan, although that will make some say something. They're going to come up to you and they're going to say to you, something's different about you. You're not like everybody else. Something is different about you. They're going to be drawn to you. And then your only job then is to prophetically evangelize and say, you know what? Well, let me tell you what it is. And then when you tell them what it is, then all of a sudden they're going to say, well, where you go? I don't, I, I don't go. I am harvest. I don't go to church. I am the church. We don't come to harvest. We are harvest. And then all of a sudden, watch this, right there in that moment, then you'll be able to pray for them. And then when you pray for them right there in that moment, they're going to say, well, I want the God that you serve. I want the Jesus that you know. And right there in that moment, watch this. The kingdom just expanded from you, and now a true is on them. And then they're going to go get some people and run tell that, and then it's going to be on them. Hey, Cricket customers, Max with ads is included with your Cricket $60 unlimited plan at no additional cost. Nice. Max is the streaming platform where you can watch Scoob, Meg 2 The Trench, The Nightmare on Elm Street Collection, and so much more. Remember me. Just log in with your Cricket username and password to experience Max on all your favorite devices. We've never seen this before. Max, the one to watch for a good scream with Cricket. Yeah! 
phone plan streams in standard definition. Programming subject to change. Fees, terms, and restrictions apply. See cricketwireless.com for details. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10. That's V-I-A-T-O-R-10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator.